What is going on, everybody? It's Elijah Neros Holiday, your host, and this is the ADOS Podcast. Quick reminder to follow us on Instagram at the ADOS Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at the ADOS Podcast, and please do us a favor and like us on Facebook at the ADOS Podcast. I have with me today Isaiah Franson. Um, I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. Uh, I know him as a creator, um, social entrepreneur, someone who always has great positive energy, um, really up to date with, with spirituality and healing and everything that you need to know to be a wholesome person. And he's someone that I turn to for advice on how to keep control of my mind mm. and also how to keep my body in an optimum shape as possible and also my spirits. So Isaiah, please tell tell our audience who you are, man. What you do? I am okay. So I am Isaiah Franson, the one and only. Um, Currently, I got a podcast called Inspiration, which stands for Internal Free Your Inspiration. You know what I mean? Like so, Internal Freedom Inspiration or Internal Freedom Spirit, whichever way you want to look at it. And I would just say I'm a creator. Um, I'm a spiritual guide. Um, I just got ideas. I got ideas for days. I just got to get them on paper and I just got to, you know what I mean? I'm trying to create really just make, make things happen, help people get help, get what they want to get, help everybody else get where they want to get collective. I'm trying to raise the collective consciousness. I would say like if I, if I influence collective consciousness, then what's going to happen to me? I'm gonna get, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you pour it into somebody else's cup, you're gonna get filled back up yourself. So I always remind myself like you gotta give to receive. Mm. But it's hard to rem- remember that in this world and in this circumstances where it's like, gimme, 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 gimme. Because a lot of people wanna get, but not a lot of people wanna give. You know what I mean? And what your program has done for me personally. Oh, I guess I got to mention that Isaiah is uh, or he was a part of my first cohort in Ramsey County for our Project Empowerment Academy. He just graduated two weeks ago from the academy. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your experience. How was it? How was it? Um, Not only was it life changing, um, I would just say it's like I was so I was asking for a mentor. I was asking for like black mentorship. I was asking for, you know, I mean, a program that's going to really break down like people who know, people who like experience and go through all these different things, right? Because I, I don't have any, so I'm the, I'm a black person in an all-white family and I don't know my biological father. So for me, there's a disconnect from- And you had no connection with your father's family at all? So your biological father's family at all? So not really at it's all. just your just, the white family that you grew up around? Yeah, so black kid, black token kid, white family, right? Mm. And- it's an interesting dynamic because it's like, you know what I mean? You get told like, oh, stay safe. You know what I mean? Stay safe. But like, they don't actually know. You know what I mean? Mm. Since they don't actually know, they're just telling me what they see. They don't actually know. Like, I had to tell my mom during like George Floyd, I was like, it's really a war zone out here. Like, she don't know. How's she supposed to know? She see what she see on the news. You know what I mean? She has no direct uh, correlation or direct contact with, you know what I mean? She teaches... ESL to Somali students in a small town, right? So that's her connect is she's a teacher to a predominantly Somali group in a small white town. But other than that, it's like 
So it's actual it's limited exposure to the culture, to to the different races that are actually impacted by institutionalized racism yeah. and violence. Yeah. She just understands she understands me and what I go through and what I mm-hmm. tell her emotionally, but other than that, she just gets her information from the media, yeah. what she sees in the news. For sure. Interesting. So how was it growing up? How was it growing up? Um, I know that's a very vague, open question, yeah, but I really nah, want you, I really want you to address it in, in a way that you feel comfortable. Um, I would just say it was. You could talk about how was it growing up without a father, growing up black yeah. without a father, with a white mother in a small town. Yeah. So it's a lot of things. So, um, for me, my grandpa really stepped up as that male father figure type person, right? And since my grandpa did that. He just tried to show me, like, the things he would always say is, like, just make sure you talk to God. Make mm-hmm. sure you talk to God. Make sure you go to church. Like, I don't necessarily agree with the church, but I always talk to God. Yes, I 100% agree with that. And just growing up without, you know what So I mean? was your grandfather very religious? Yeah, I went to church consistently. Okay. So, like, you know what I mean? Just, like, encouragement. But like, he never I, really pushed a religion on you. It's just as long as you're, go, go, you're coming yeah, to church, God, talking to God. God. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't care what denomination you follow. Yeah, just God. Like, talk okay. to God. Just pray to God. Okay. Just, That's as good. long as you pray to God, you're gonna feel, it's going to be okay. Like, you'll be all right. And for me, it was like not having, okay, my only, like, visualization of my black dad was in my baby book. The last page of my baby book was a picture of him. And then in the baby book was the police report when he got arrested for selling coke and my birth. Those are the only, these are the only two things that I had. And I got a picture. Wow. So what I noticed. Who who compiled that? Was it your mother? Yeah. So so it was all pictures. But then she had it on the, I don't know why. I, I haven't really asked her, but what I realized is. Whenever I was feeling really down or really emotional, mm-hmm. I would always go look at it. I'd just be like, so curious, like just look at it, like, hmm, I wonder if I'm like, I wonder what I'm, I, I don't know anything. So what I do know is he got arrested for selling coke, right? Um, two years after I was born. I don't know if he was at my birth, I have no idea. And just knowing this, it's like, is he still currently incarcerated? No, nah, he's he lives in Rochester. He lives in Rochester. But I ain't never met him. Really? And I went to school in Nona, an hour away. You know what I'm saying? And how did you find out that he was living in Rochester? So when I was at NDSU, he called my mom's phone. And my mom said, you know what I mean? You did a lot of damage and pain to me, trauma to me. So I have no interest in contacting or talking to you. However, I will give your number and your email or whatever to Isaiah and if he wants to contact you, he can. He can. So, so your dad attempted to reach out to you. Yeah. After all those years, and when I was about nineteen or twenty. Nineteen yeah. or twenty. And and how long was his stint in prison? Do you know? Mm, eight years, five to eight years, five maybe. Five to eight years. Okay, like so that. there was some time that that went past. I mean, but if you were born and they went to jail shortly after that, or prison shortly after that, yeah. there was ample years in between yeah. where he could have reached out. So you think it was just more he was started feeling bad that he haven't didn't have any connection with the son? Yeah, I think it was the guilt that got to him eventually. Because then when we did talk, like, you know what I mean, me being my naive, you know what I mean, oh, you're talking to your dad for the first time when you're 19, 20 years old, this is like... Bro, like, oh my gosh, this is exciting. Like, right. But I was naive at first because I'm thinking, 
it's gonna be like we're gonna be able to like really have a relationship. Right, you're gonna or, like, rekindle the relationship. Yeah, the yeah. thing I've always or not wanted even rekindle, life. establish something. Yeah, like my whole life is like you know what I mean. I had dreams of like he's gonna show up on my senior night at football. He's gonna show like these like extravagant wow. things. Oh, okay, it comes to pass nothing. Okay, it comes to pass nothing. Come to pass nothing, and it's like as all these things continued to happen, it made me realize like, bro, he probably not gonna show up. <laughs> like he probably not. So, so, so you actually attempted to establish a connection with him. You, yeah. all, I'm assuming you got his number. You called him and say, yeah. "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. And you guys had plans to meet and connect yeah. with each other multiple times. But then this is so. So this is where I realized that trauma and pain. And that's what goes, I wanted to get into because this all we're gonna wrap this up into how this relates to the ADOS community yeah. and what we go through. I mean, somewhat, uh, you know. Family to family, and um, in my opinion, in the ADOS community, I, we yeah. have a lot of these stories. So yeah, so I would say I don't know his. I don't know if he had a dad. I have no idea anything. I just know what I, the times that I do would talk to him. It would be like three months. We would talk every once in a while, and then it'd be nine months dry, mm-hmm. and then it'd be oh he comes back around. Oh, it's that time of the year again. He's gonna try to call me. We're gonna talk for a little bit. He's gonna try to mentor me and tell me what I should do and. And I'm like, bro, like, I'm 20 years old, bro. Like, you really think that I'm going to listen to you? Like, why should, like, and then, and then, like, just, like, little petty things, like, I'm talking to him on the phone, and then he gives me the phone to some of, one of his girlfriends. I'm like, bro, what is you doing? Like, bro, I'm not, like, I'm not going to listen to some random girl that I don't right. know. Like, what is you, like, I called to talk to you, but all right, cool. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be understanding at this point. And then what really was like the tip of the iceberg was one one time at like 3 a.m., I get a message from this random girl on Facebook talking about some, I just met your dad. He's so cool. Whoop-de-woo. Uh, you're so attractive. You're you're pretty. Woo-woo. I'm like, first of all, I don't even talk to my dad. And the fact that you that you messaged me, that you were with him at Perkins at 3 a.m., whatever, like clearly you were drunk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it just really hit me. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you're claiming me. You're talking about me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's my son. Oh, that's yeah. He's over there playing football. He's ooh, right. He's NDSU. Yeah, he's going he, to ooh, he's, yeah. He's winning national championships. Ooh, like, but I don't even talk to you. So that's when I was like, hold up, hold mm-hmm. up. Like, and then I had to tell him, like, bro, like, I don't know what you got going on. I don't know, like, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know any of that. But I really don't appreciate and I don't understand why you're talking about me and telling other people about me like we are father-son relationship. I don't even talk to you. I got random people hitting me up, messaging me, talking about something. I was with your dad. Like, I wish I was with my dad. You feel me? Like, Mm -hmm. but it's like, this is real. And it's like, I've had to just let go, though. You know what I mean? Because I realize it's it's a a cycle, though. If I continue to hold on to this anger and this, this rage of like, you're not there. You're not there. You're not there. It's only gonna hurt me. Mm-hmm. It's only gonna make me bitter towards the world. It's only gonna make and eventually me... it's gonna hurt your kids exactly and your kids' kids exactly because you're gonna pass that hurt and that trauma down. That's how generational trauma works. Yeah, we pass it on through our children, through our offspring. Yeah. So the second you decide to break that cycle, then you can start all over again. You don't have to perpetuate that same cycle of of generational oppression that we have on ourselves. Yeah. 
which is a, what a lot of our black families, ADOS families experience. I mean, there are so many stories mm-hmm. of fathers who are taken out of the homes because of nonviolent drug crimes, serving 10 to 15 year sentences, sometimes more than that, mm-hmm. for getting caught with cocaine, marijuana, whatever. Yeah. And they were removed from the family. And then when they're released from prison, they try to reestablish that connection with their kids or some of them establish a connection with them. And it just seems to be a disconnect, a yeah. disconnect that can never be solved. Yeah. It's 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 interesting, and and it saddens me that we have so many of our ADOS families that have similar stories like you. Yeah, but this is where this is where like I think I've used this story to literally transform my life because I would say the first eighteen years of my life I used it as well I don't have a dad in my life. Mm. Well, I don't have a dad in my life, so I'm. I and there was your, just, I think we talked about this. You said that was your excuse for everything. Yeah, like something went wrong. You say, "Well, I did this because I don't have a dad in my life." Well, I didn't know. Yeah, so that's why I'm being rebellious. Well, I didn't. I don't have no real father figure. I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. Well, that was my scapegoat. You know what I mean? That really was my scapegoat. Like until I was like, "Bro, how long are you gonna use an excuse for somebody you've never met that you don't know? Mm. You wouldn't even know if he walked past you on the street." Wow. As an excuse, bro. How long are you going to have this as your story, bro? Like, how long? Because eventually it gets old. Yeah. Eventually, you, you can't go the entire your entire life saying, I made all these mistakes in my life because I didn't have a father. Yeah. At what point are you going to take some personal accountability and responsibility and say, look, yeah, I didn't have a father in my life. I didn't have a male role model in my life, but I still can pick myself up and be something better. I can be better than him. I can be better than the situation that I'm currently in. Yeah. Because then I realized, okay, I'm not the only person in this situation. If I'm not the only person in the situation, what am I going to do with this this opportunity? Because the same way that I, I look at things as opportunity cost now, like me not having my father gave me so much more p- potential because I can, bro, I don't have somebody telling me what I should do and who what I should be. And I don't have somebody like, so I get to recreate, I get to create my story. Like, yeah, I didn't have guidance. Yeah, I didn't have the, you know what I mean? The necessarily tools, but guess what? I can go find the tools. I can go make the tools. I can go figure it out. I know. Look, I know my friend's dad. Look, I just I'm just gonna study. I'm just gonna watch real close and just observe. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so he's doing, he's telling him to do that. Oh, okay, hmm, that's kind of good. I might try that. Like it just made me be a student and really observe things because I I would be fascinated. I get fascinated by people who have a relationship with their dad because I'm like, bro, that's so new. To, like that's something mm-hmm. I do not have. And since I don't have that. I'm just like really peeping like, dang, bro, your dad be putting you on game for real, bro. And like, there and there is that special connection that sons have with fathers, yeah. right? Dads that you can't really get from your mom, you know, and, and I lost my mom years ago and she was an amazing woman. And I have an amazing stepmother who I call my mom and yeah. truly she's an amazing woman. But there's things that I can't talk to them about, you know, there's things yeah. that they can't tell me or show me yeah only my dad can do that Mm -hmm. and i'm very fortunate that i had a father growing up a very active father in my life who actually poured into me you know Mm -hmm. we have investments together right now you know we are investing in real estate together we're doing different side businesses together i worked in my dad's restaurants before he's given me the tools to be successful a lot of my entrepreneurial and business skills savviness comes from my father yeah and growing up i took it for granted not gonna lie i did 
And a lot of my my friends in high school, whenever we used to come over and spend the nights at my house, my dad would talk to us and tell yeah. us these things, 16, 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And my friends would always tell me, like, man, your, your dad's cool. He's smart. He's intelligent. Like, I love the fact that he sits down and he talks to us about the real things that are happening, you know, right now at this age group. Because my dad always kept it real. Yeah. I mean, he had me when he was 18 years old. He's only 44. So we ain't that too far away in age. He's, he's a little brother in I, a way. You almost. know, man, man, he listened to the same music I listened to him. No, no kidding. He yeah. listens to hip hop, listens to rap. I mean, he don't like the new rappers, but you know, the Nas, yeah. the J. Cole's, the Jay Z's, Kanye's. Mm-hmm. He listens to all that. Yeah. I mean, he put me on the music sometimes. He's more hip than I am, you know? So it's like we have that special relationship and he's never shielded anything from me. I, I did not grow up in a protected household. Mm. He gave me the real. He let me know what it was. So he prepared you for real. Oh, he prepared me for life. I was fully, I cannot say that my father did not prepare me for life. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that. And I took that for granted, mm. you know? And I think a lot of black males who do have black male father figures in their households also take it for granted, at least from what I've noticed. Yeah. And it's easy for us to listen to somebody else's parents because we think that parent's cool. Yeah. Or, you know, I go over there and they be tripping. Oh, bro, my dad's yeah, my, tripping. My dad bro. tripping, but your dad cool. Yeah. You know, and this really is changing that mindset, man. And dude, man, my dad clashed all the time in high school. I mean fights. Yeah. You know? And I got older and I realized all he was trying to do was help me understand what he was trying to build for our family, for our mm. last name, which is generational wealth, mm. which is health, you know, which is um, inclusivity, longevity. longevity, exactly, all those things. He wanted success for me. And I think a lot of times young parents, they struggle with their messaging, man. They struggle with how to connect with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I think it, because of that struggle, because of that lack of communication, we rebel against them. Mm. So until young people change their mindsets and say, you know what? I don't know everything. Mm. I'm only 17 years old. Yeah, I'm smelling myself. Yeah, I have a little girlfriend and I got a little job making a little bit of money, but I'm not fully prepared for what life is going to bring. I need mm. to listen to people who are in these positions doing these things already and soak in that knowledge. Mm-hmm. I have to essentially be a sponge. You know, a sponge soaks up things. I have mm. to be a sponge when it comes to education. I need to soak up that education, that knowledge. Mm. So part of what I've been trying to do is how do we bridge that gap with young people and our elders, our parents? And how do we get our parents to really want to pour into us more in a non-condescending way? Right. Because a lot of times what happens is when, what you, not to do. when you're having those conversations with your parents or elders, it comes off as condescending. And for young people, I'm immediately turned off after that. Mm. I'm not listening to you anymore because I feel like you don't respect me. Right. Especially at that 17, 18 year old um, age group, you're really starting to step into life a little bit. Right. And then when you get 20, 21, you're really stepping into life. And it's like for some people, you've earned your stay. You earned the, you know, the respect. And my father and I, we just hashed this out last summer. Where he's like, dude, I'm proud of you. You know, you're young. You're doing what you have to do. You're responsible. Sure, you've made mistakes in your lives, but I respect you as a man. And once he said that to me, that that I respect you as a man part, mm. our relationship has been smooth sailing ever since then. And only if we would have had that conversation at 19, 20 years old, I think we would have been way ahead of the game. So let me ask you this. Do you think when we don't have that, when we think that our parent like is talking down on us, is like, no, you're not doing this. You're not. You should have did this. You should have did this. Like, how do you think that affects us as a whole, as a you know what I mean? Ados as a individual, no matter who that is, no matter if you're white, black, Mexican, 
no matter who, what family, what no matter what you are in your situation when your father is talking down to you, because I know my friends and people that I know, I can tell right away, oh, you're, bro, I can tell your dad ain't doesn't treat you like you're the son. Like, he treats you like an obligation that you like, bro, mm-hmm. don't fuck it up, bro. Like, mm-hmm. don't fuck it up. Like, do not, do not mess this up, bro. You, you know what? So to answer that question, um, the human mind, right? It's very interesting, man. When you tell the human mind no so many times, it starts to reprogram your thought process, right? And everything you think about, every initiative you want to start, every program you want to do, anything that you want to start, you automatically go back to that no, no, no in your mind. And you slowly start to psych yourself out. You slowly start to miss opportunities for yourself because you've been told no so many times. And I think for a lot of black families, and this is my my perspective, there's no science behind this, there's no data behind this, right? And yeah. my perspective, a lot of our black families, we tell our kids no too much, so often. And I have friends who aren't black, you know, a lot of my white friends, their families tell them that they can do things. Mm. Oh, you want to start a small business, John? Okay, well, this is how you do it. Yeah. And then John goes back, he does his research, he comes up with a solid plan, he brings it back to his dad and say, this is what I got. His dad said, okay, this looks pretty good. How much do you think something like this would cost? John goes back, he does the numbers on it. Well, it would cost me this much to get this off the ground, and this is how much I think I would make based off the current prices of the good or whatever, Mm -hmm. and this is what my profit would be. And the dad said, okay, that sounds like a pretty solid plan. How long do you think it would take for you if I gave you 10000 or whatever to return my money back? He said, well, according to my calculations, if I had 100 customers, you know, every two weeks and, you know, I had 200 customers a month and they all bought this product and I made 10 bucks, I'm not going to pay you back in a year's time yep. or two years time. Okay, here's a check. Now, listen to what I said. There was a few processes there. First off, his father never told him no or his mother. Hmm. The family member never told him no. They said, go do your research. Mm. It's a good idea, but go do your research. Go find out what you don't know. Mm. John goes back. He does his research. He comes back. He said, this is what I found out. His father said, okay, this looks good. Here's the next step. Figure out how much it's going to cost to curate something like this. He Mm. goes back. He does his research again. Right? That's the process. He comes back and said, this is how much it's going to cost. This is what I need. His father says, okay, or his mother, okay, we have this saved up for you. Keeping this saved up part. Mm. A lot of different families that are not ADOS, they plan for things like this. Mm. They have wealth established in their families for things like this. Mm. If their kid's not going to go to college, okay, they're going to start a small business. We plan for him to do this. We plan for her to do this. Mm. There's there's strategy in these families. That's how you create generational wealth. And once you got a plan, you just got to follow it. And if the plan don't work, then guess what? We can adapt off the plan or we can make a new plan because we already got an original plan with all the steps laid out. That's the process. And these families, they build generational wealth by keeping the money where? And the family. They don't have to go to a bank to get a loan with a high interest rate. No. Mm-hmm. The, the parents were strategizing. They saved up money and said, once my son or my daughter comes up with a solid business proposal or this family wants to go into a, and dive into a business endeavor, we have our own working capital. We don't have to rely on the bank. Now, we may have to borrow some, but certainly not, not all. all. Yeah. When most black businesses start, and I know this for a fact. I can sp- I can speak to this confidently. When most black businesses start, majority of them have to get working capital from banks with high interest rates. Yeah, and that's the reason why most of them fail within five years' time. Because it's you you slaving, you literally slaving to give back the money that you're like, 
bro, I'm barely making my own. I'm barely making it. And then it. if you don't have if you don't have great financial management skills, fiscal management skills, mm-hmm. then guess what? The money that you're making in profit, you're blowing it off. You're not reinvesting back into that business. You're not paying down that loan that you owe. You're not paying down that interest that you owe. Yeah. So then it becomes a revolving door full of debt. And then that business slowly goes under. That's mm-hmm. what happens, man. If you could start a business with your own working capital without having them take out a loan from someone, you're already 10 steps ahead of everybody else that had to get a loan. Yeah. So how do we start having these conversations within our community, within our families? And when I say community, I always have to break it down for people because they say, well, is your community just St. Paul? Is your community just the Midway neighborhood in St. Paul? When I say community, I mean anybody who's a like-minded individual that looks like me. That's my community. Yeah. I would say community, too, is just anybody that you can interact with and relate on. You know what I mean? If, if I can have a conversation with you about what book we should read, you're part of my community. You're part of the community now because we're growing, we're learning together. We're yeah. advancing together. We're trying to advance something that we all can say we're a part of. We're all a part of humanity, right? We're all a part of this location, right? We're all a part of, you know what I mean, whether you went to North High School, whether you went to Kennedy, whatever you went to high school, you're part of that community, right? But then you can also recreate a whole nother community based on what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. There's there's communities within communities. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I think that we need to do as a community is be open and be vulnerable. That's what we don't want to be. Because we. I think the trauma and the pain of not having, not having, not having has made us and like... And being told no. Yeah, exactly. So if we, So we don't have already and being told no. So we're like, bro... I don't got it, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look. I'm just gonna go over here, bro, and just stay out the way because I don't really got nothing. Like, why, who, who said you didn't have nothing? So somebody told you that, and you believed it. That's that's like the number one problem was somebody told you you don't have anything to give, so you believed it. And once you believed it as truth, man, I, I deal with young people on a day to day basis, and when I tell you the way that their minds are conditioned. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Literally, they, they get to the point of an application, on a college application, and they just start psyching themselves out. And I'm like, dude, you just have to you, just fill off the application. Just get to this point, and I'll help you get to the rest. They start saying, All right, can I really do this, man? No one else in my family has went to college. My mom don't know nothing about the FAFSA. I don't know if I can make this happen. What's a part I'm going to All these negative doubts that they have come into their mind. I'm like, dude, you just have to get through the application first. Yeah. We're worried about how you're going to pay for it later. We're going to worry about the dormitory situation later. Yeah. We'll worry about how you're going to get there later. We're going to worry about how you're going to get groceries later. Yeah. Let's just get you through the first step. How can we get more black people, more ADOS people to say, I'm going to get myself to the first step, which sometimes is just filling out the application for an LLC, yeah. filling out the college application, filling out a job application. We got to break down what's the one thing that's holding us back. And until we say that it's ourselves and our own mind, we can blame everybody else. We can blame a system because the system is going to still be the system 10 years from now. And the system is not broken. I hate when it people works say we, It I works for people, the people that it's supposed to work for. We got to fix the system. What system you going to fix? Their system that was created is working perfect. It's for a those. well-fluid functioning machine. It's super lubricated. Yeah. They're efficient. Yeah. They're doing exactly what, they were, what the system was designed to do. And so what system is there to fix? But that's, but that, that's, why, that's, that's why. So yesterday I was on this, um, on this group called Clubhouse, right? And we're talking about sovereignty. So sovereignty means complete ultimate power. And until we take complete ultimate power of our own self, our own vessel, our own body, our own mind, our own spirit, 
if we give, if I give out my own power, if I, all I have, if I have nothing, I have no money, I have no food, I have nothing, right? And I give away the little power that I have, and I'd be like, "Hey, bro, um, uh, I I need I need you to uh, help me, bro, because I don't got anything." Who's who told you you don't got anything? Who said you don't have a mind? Who said that you don't have hands that can go work and that can go create something from nothing? You know what I mean, like. Mm. And like once we once we start to realize, like, you gotta realize what you do have. You got a mind and you got hands. If you got hands and a mind, bro, you can make some you can make some things happen. I promise you can make some things happen. But what is a limited mind? It's literally a cage. It's a cage on your brain. If you're willing to accept the cage that you that somebody else imaginarily put there and say, Oh no, it's real, bro. Like, I can't do nothing, bro. Like, everywhere I go, bro, I can't, then it's gonna be real. What, whether you think you can or cannot, you are right. That's what Henry Ford said. And I don't agree with Henry Ford, but that's what he said. You know what I mean? Whether you think you can or cannot, you are right. And then, how, so then the question is, how do we get more ADOS folks, young people specifically, to start to believe in themselves, that they can accomplish things that their parents didn't accomplish or their grandparents didn't accomplish, and that there are opportunities for them that they can take advantage of? And that the only thing that's holding them back really is themselves. Yeah. I would say the first thing they got to realize is what are you good at? Like what comes to you n- not naturally? Like what is something? So, okay. If you're a good, if you're good at poetry, right? Like say I just, bro, I can write poetry all day, bro. Like I'm cold at it, bro. Like I don't even try and I, I can pull something up and be like, bro, you wrote that? I'd be like, yeah, bro, it's whatever. Why aren't we focusing on what we're good at? Mm. Why are we why are we limiting yourself and saying, well, I'm good at poetry, but the only place that's hiring is Walgreens. Right. So, so I'm gonna go work at Walgreens. Bro, you just killed yourself. You just literally gave out your power. You know what? There, there, there's a deeper message, I think, behind that though. I think a lot of times people get so concentrated on making money. And I'm not and you know, we live in a capitalist society. Making money is important. Yeah. I believe that money is a vehicle. Um, that that you can use to get to your destination, which should be freedom and liberation. I don't think money is the destination itself. No. However, you do need money in a capitalist society, especially in America. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are willing to compromise their passions and their love for their hobbies and what they're good at, right? Yeah. Their niche to go make money. Yeah. How do we get around that? How do we b- build systems of support for people who want to explore their passions and their their creativities, but they also need money to pay their bills. Because yeah. like, we have to be realistic about things. Not everyone can say, I'm just going to focus on my poetry and deprive every single other thing in my life. Yeah. So I think it's important to have something, right? So once we, okay, let's say I'm working a job that I do not like, right? I have the money coming in. I know I can pay my bills. I know I can get my groceries. I know I can do these things. Once I get off this job, what am I going to do with that five hours in the day? Mm. What am I going to do with that three to, you know what I mean? What am I going to do with that Saturday afternoon that I got from two o'clock to eight o'clock? Am I going to create my own reality or am I going to say, oh, I'm just trying to chill, bro. I'm too tired, bro. I don't, bro, you're making a choice. You're giving away your power to say, oh, no, it's more important for me to work for somebody else, for them to tell me how much I make, to tell me when to be there, all these things. Because once you give that power up, it's going to be hard to give it back because you you gave it out. I got a question I want to pose to you. Okay. What do you think benefits the the, the 
powers that be in the game of capitalism the most? Do you think it's having people have a structured lifestyle where they're working eight to nine hours a day? Or do you think it's having people being able to realize their full potential and reach that Maslow hierarchy of needs of self-actualization? What do you think benefits them the most? Making us think that we got to show up eight hours a day. So what incentive? So if we're just going to wait around the powers that be to say, oh, we're no longer going to require people to work these hours, we're going to pay you $20 an hour to work six hours a day so you can focus more on your creativity and starting your own businesses. We're going to be waiting forever. I, just, I, I hate when I encounter people that want to start their own businesses or want to be entrepreneurs or creatives, artists. And then they tell me that they have to go work a job for 12 hours, you know, 10 hours a day yeah. to make money. And I'm like, if you seriously sat back and budgeted out your money properly yeah. and just met your needs, right? I got to pay rent. I got to feed myself. I got to put a couple of dollars away from my savings. Yeah. And I'm not working any other additional hours. All my other hours is pouring into my craft, into my business. Then you're going to get out of that system of enslavement. That's yeah. capitalism. Yeah. If you don't do that, then you're always going to be in that system because you're always going to feel like I need to make more money. I need to work more hours, which is taking away the hours that you could be putting into starting your own business yeah. or starting your own uh, uh, enterprise. Yeah. But as long as we stay in that mindset of I got to I got to increase my hours at my job, I got to increase my hours at my job. I'm going to work my way up. I'm going to get two jobs. I got some young people that want to start their own business telling me they about to get a second job. Bro. And I'm like, you going to get you? You want to get a second job to start your own much, business? First of all, people don't even realize getting a second job isn't going to get you that much more money. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're taking more of your giving more of your power away. You know what I mean? Because this is what people don't realize. You need to have what you got, and then all that free time. If you really want to make what you want, you got to go and take all that time that you're tired. You just got off work. Okay, now I got to go read a book. Now I got to go pour into myself. Because there's a saying where focus goes, energy flows. Mm. And if Say I that can, one more time. I like that. Where focus goes, energy, energy flows. flows. I like that. So if I put my focus on working for another person, how am I going to get the energy where I'm going to be my own boss? You're not. How am I going to, you know what I mean? If I'm focused, I would say it's almost impossible. Exactly. Because now what? He's telling me when to show up. He's telling me, oh, you can leave. Oh, you can do this. And I know all these things because I'm, I went through, I'm not speaking from an outside perspective. I went through it. I am in a situation where somebody's trying to go out of their way to make my life hell. And now it's like, bro. And that's your employer. Yes. So it's like, I worked for you for two years. I watched everybody in front of me quit. I watched seven employees quit on the spot. I was the only one with the awareness to do be like, bro, I know what you're trying to do, bro. Like, you're not. No. Like, and, and let's make this, let, let's, let's relate this to COVID-19. And, and I've been, I've been really looking at the impact that COVID-19 has had in our society mm -hmm. um, directly and indirectly. Right. Mm -hmm. And in my perspective, COVID-19 has really showed us that there's no such thing as job security. I don't care what market you're in. I don't care what industry you're in. There's never no such thing as job security. So for those out there that have been putting 10, 15 years into a corporation and you think that you're, you're, you're doing that with the hope that you're going to always be there, at any given moment, that company can go under and you could be cut loose. If you own your own business. Don't even got to go under until you cut loose. Right, exactly. Uh, they could just be experiencing loss in revenues and they got to let people go. And you might be on that list, regardless of how long you've been there. And with the increase of technology and the constant need to bring in new, fresh minds, 
you're probably going to be the first person to go and get traded out for a younger person. So, but, but that's neither here nor there. The point to this is you're disposable when you work for other people. Yeah. Unless you have equity into that business, if you're just an employee, you're, you are disposable. That means you can go in any given moment and they'll replace you. COVID-19 has showed me that. And it should have showed all of you that. Mm-hmm. We should see these things. We're seeing gigantic companies. Skyrocket. Let, letting off 100, 200, 300 people. We see mid-sized companies increasing. But they're not increasing in employees. They're using technology to replace their employees. Yeah. You have softwares out here now that can do your accounting for you, your HR for you, your recruiting for you. You no longer need that entire Just department. Just need one person to manage it, though. Literally, one person to manage. I can let my entire human resource department go, have one person manage all the softwares that does payroll for us, does timesheets for everything else for us, auto-computes everything. Yeah. If we don't start thinking about how we can create our own businesses, how we can self-sustain ourselves... I'm afraid what the future is going to look like, especially for those who don't have the intelligence, right? Because we have to be honest, not everyone's on that level, Isaiah. Yeah. Some people only have their labor to offer. Yeah. What's going to happen to those people who only have their labor to offer in exchange for money? You're literally going to go like this. Here, here, handcuff my hands and then wherever you're going, I'm going to go because I have... I have nothing else to offer. Yeah, I got these. You got to tell me what to So how do we give them the the skills and tools though to learn how to be self-sustaining, self-sufficient? How do we give them the tools? I mean, this is the thing. I, and get, I don't expect you to answer that in the, nah, in the podcast. No. That's a that's nah, a that's question. cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm going to try though. So it's like somebody says, "Okay, go build this house for me, right? Here's all the tools. I'm going to give you a hammer, I'm going to give you a screwdriver, I'm going to give you a tape measure. I'm going to give you a uh um uh, drill gun. I'm going to give you, you know what I mean? Uh, all these tools, right? If I don't know how to use them, it don't, I can look at, oh, this was cool. What's the, oh, I think this is for the hidden thing. What is, mm. what do they call this? Mm. A hit, uh, a bank. Oh no, a banger. No, uh, um, oh, it's a hammer. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Like we can get people the tools. If you don't know how to apply it, the tool's not very good. You know what I mean? I know some people who use one tool for everything. You know what I mean? Hard work. That shit's expired, bro. Mm. That hard work is expired. Like, that's the last. That was like our parents' generation. Because why? That's They didn't know any better. When you know better, you do better. And, and that and that's what was available for them, labor. Back yeah. then, 20 years. I'm going to tell you how my grandfather made it uh, to be so successful. He, he uh, went to the Army. Once he left the Army, he came back. He went to school to become a pipe insulator. I think it was like a maybe like a 12-month program or eight, maybe it was an 18-month program. He was telling yeah. me the story. 18-month program. It was vocational, right? It was a trade. Mm-hmm. Learn how to do pipe insulations and everything. And, you know, he got a few jobs, gained an experience, gained an experience. By the time he had 10 years of work experience, he got promoted to a supervisor. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, on some of his projects, dude, he was out there making 100 bucks an hour, sitting in the van, literally just supervising the, pro- the, 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 was watching the, them. the plant. Just watching the employees sitting in the van. He used to tell me, he's like, no kidding. You know, he was sitting in the van. It was warm in the van. They're outside in the cold. They're doing the pipe insulation. He's just there just in case it's a major problem or something goes wrong. He got to hop out and fix things. Yeah. hundred bucks an hour just sitting in the van. I think he told me one weekend he worked, he cleared almost, I think, $2,500 in one weekend from a trade. Are uh, Are those types of jobs still in place for our young kids these days? 
They are, but this is the thing. You got to do it yourself. Like, example, I was talking to somebody. They're like, um, he said he needed his his uh, uh, chimney, his chimney redone or something. You Cleaned know I mean? or whatever. Something, yeah, 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 something with the chimney. Okay. He said he called a company, right? He said the company was booked out until next fall. He said, bro, I could do it. I just don't want to. Why is there no labor out here? We got all these jobs. There's all this opportunity to start a job. To it's not, you don't gotta make. You don't gotta love what you're doing right away. You gotta do what you're doing to make your own money, to be your own boss, to know the steps of being your own boss. And then, okay, once you get it running, then guess what? You can get a buddy and say, "Hey, bro, you wanna? You know what I mean? Hey, I'm thinking about. You know what I mean? Starting to step off. I'll, are you interested in helping? And you know what I mean? Then this can be yours if you want it. You know what I mean? But but I need this percent, right? But that would be what? Applying the knowledge that says there's nobody in these fields. There's nobody doing this. If there's two people that's doing it, he's going to get one. This one job person is going to get all these jobs. Mm -hmm. If I'm another person and I match the price, I'm going to get equal amount of jobs. Mm -hmm. And I'm my own boss. Yep. And I get my own money. Establish and, competition. And then what? I write my, I'm going to pay less in taxes because I'm my own business. I'm my own entity. You know what I mean? I'm gonna have more more of my time. I'm still gonna work. It's not that we're not working, but you're putting it back into yourself. You're putting focus on you and your work and your energy. It doesn't have to be what you love right away. That's what that's what I had to learn. Like, you you can't always do what you love right away. You gotta learn what you don't like so you can learn and be like, ah, okay, I, I'm not really with that. I don't really like that. Mm. And then once you start to figure out, okay, what are some things I'll be willing to do? What are things I'm good at? What are things I enjoy doing already? For me, I really enjoy empowering the unknown. I like breath work. I like crystals and meditation. I like, you know what I mean? I like going to these unknown places because I'm, I'm tapping into something I didn't know. The first time I meditated, I was like, hold up, bro. Like, people need to know about this, bro. Like, we're stressed. Stress kills. People have midlife crises. Facts. Because why? You know what I mean? So it's like, what an opportunity. That's how I look at it. What an opportunity. I, I, I like the I th I like when you said um you don't have to fall in love with what you're doing right away. My father has given me a lot of business advice throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And more recently he's given me a lot more, sometimes unsolicited. But um one thing he told me is, you know, oftentimes you, you don't you don't end where you started. Mm -hmm. And something that I've been telling myself is don't get too attached. Don't get too attached, right? Because the business that I, the businesses that I start now may not be the same businesses that I end with. Right? Yeah. They may evolve. They may um, they may dissolve. Yeah. Um, I may sell them yeah. to get to another level that I want to be at. So don't get too attached to what you're doing, right? Especially if it's not a part of your long-term goal, your end goal. Mm -hmm. And he told me that. He said, you're, you're, a lot of times in business, you're not going to end how you start. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. That, that's a part of the progress. It's a part of the growth, mm -hmm. right? But you're supposed to use every single thing you do at this point to add a step mm -hmm. to where you're trying to get to, to that staircase, right? Yeah. And that's how I envision it in my mind. It's like, I want to get here. What well, steps can I add to it mm. that's going to get me to that destination? That's mm. going to let me walk easy to the path that I want to be on. I don't got to carry 10 bags up the stairs. I can put a couple down and be like, okay, let me just put this bag up right here. Set it right there. 
go back and grab another one. Okay, set it up here. It's about like people. There's no elevator to the top floor. That's always what I'm gonna say. There's no elevator to the top. Everybody thinks, oh, bro, I got a great idea, bro. I'm about to do this, this, and this, bro. Every idea is great, bro. The steps that take that it takes to get there are different. They're not simple. No, you know what I mean. Especially if we don't have the blueprint. And I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's essentially what I was trying to say is that for a lot of ADOS families, a yeah. lot of black families, we don't have the blueprint. We may have a good idea, yeah. but we don't know what the process is, man. They're, they're, the, the, the money, the success is in the process. The mm. ideal is great. The ideal is what's going to help you, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But you need to know the process to get there. Yeah. And in my perspective, the ADOS community we lack that internal processing of yeah. how to get from this point to this point. Yeah. And then from this point to this point. And I think that we forget <laughs> that all, if you want something great, it's going to take time. Oh, yeah. It's, and, not, but, it's not a fly-by-night process. Like it, it, it takes time. It's that's easy, why it's a process. And that's why I hate people say, oh, it's easier said than done. Well, what isn't easier said than done? You know what I mean? It's easier to say, bro, go run five miles. Well, bro, it's easier said than done? Well, yeah, that's... What in life is not easier said than done? I can say whatever I want to say. Bro, you should do this, bro. That's a great idea, bro. You should. Oh, bro, that's easier said. Like, bro, you just killed the idea, bro. You just killed the energy, bro. You just killed all that. Like, if somebody's pouring into you, like, bro, you ever thought about doing this? And you're like, hmm, no, I haven't, but I'm going to think about it. You know what I mean? Versus being like, no, bro, I can't do that, bro. Why would I do that? But you know, in order to do that, you really have to remove pride. Yeah, that's that ego. The ego, the pride. I take feedback all the time, and I'm quick to tell a person, yeah, this is my idea. This is what I want to accomplish, but I just don't know how to get there. Can you help me with the process? Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I, I don't I don't care to know everything. I'm a human being. Yeah. I know a lot about certain things, but yeah. I, there's certainly I, there's certainly a lot of things that I don't know and haven't been exposed to. Yeah. And I'm always going to be a learner. Right? But, yeah. Even even as people sometimes see me as an educator. But I think the best educators are always going to be students. Yeah. Forever. Oh, you have to be. <laughs> because the only way to be a student is to be vulnerable. And people don't want to be vulnerable because why? It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't want I don't want you to look at me like I'm so and so. Bro, why do you care? Why do people care about what people think of them? That's that's where we have to like that's the number one ego death we have to kill. Why do we care what somebody else thinks of us? Why don't we focus on what we think of ourselves and what we're going to do? Because until we focus on what we think of ourselves, it's the immediate it's the immediate gratification though. Yeah. Anytime you do something, now I'm not saying you specifically, I'm just saying yeah. people. Yeah. They look for that immediate gratification. That, that. Oh, I'm gonna post this on Instagram. I'm gonna post this on Facebook, right? I'm gonna go call ten people and tell them what I just did. Yeah. To get someone, they say, "Oh my God, that's so great. Oh my God, that's so admirable. Oh my God, you did such a good job." Yeah. Right. And I need that to keep me going forward. Once you get to the point where you don't need that instant gratification to propel you forward, I think then you'll start being on the, the pathway to accomplish success. As long as you're depending on other people to give you that gratification for every single step, you're going to always have people and things hold you back. Mm-hmm. So this is what my grandpa told me. <laughs> if you don't have haters, you're not doing nothing. If you don't have haters telling you, then you're literally not doing nothing. If you only have people supporting you saying, bro, that's such a good idea. That's such a good idea. This is, you, you're really thinking way too small. You know what I mean? Because when you're doing something right, you're going to have haters, bro. Like somebody's going to be upset that you're like, I'm at a point right now. I'm starting to expand and grow myself. I'm just, I've been pouring into myself for a long time and I'm starting to get the vision. I'm starting to embody like, 
bro, I'm starting to figure some stuff out now. Like, it was, it was, it was, I was in a dungeon. I didn't really know where I was going with it. You know what I mean? But now it's like, I'm figuring it out. And people are starting to tell me, bro, just go back to being your normal self, bro. Like, you're being weird. Oh, okay. I got to go harder. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, appreciate it. I'm not doing enough then. You know what I mean? Because I'm not making, that means that I'm making you uncomfortable a little bit. I need to make you real uncomfortable that you feel like, bro, this dude is on something, bro. Like, because what am I doing? I'm ch- I'm trying to change the collective culture. I'm trying to change the energy that make people be like, bro, he, I know that dude, bro. He's not that special. He's not that. But what makes him special? His dedication, his mindset, and his work ethic. And I, and I, often, and I often say, though, you're not going to get that support from people who knew you prior to you being on this path or this trajectory toward success, right? For sure. And what I mean by that is, when, when you know, when you, like for me, I'll give you an example. I can better elaborate on it through an example. So when I went away to college, you know, I was, before I left for college, I was involved in a lot of things in the Twin Cities and a lot of negative things, not good things. Mm-hmm. And then when I left to go to college to change my life around, right, because I started to shift my paradigm, Mm. I came back a whole new person, man. I was on student senates. I was on uh, different types of uh, subcommittees, groups, committees this, yeah. on Winona State University. I mean, I was very active at WSU. I'm still active to this day as an alumni, yeah. trying to get other POC, ADOS folks funneled into WSU to get a four-year degree. Yeah. So I'm still active to this day. I mean, I, I was on Students United. I served as vice chair. We went to lobby on, on the federal level in D.C. Yeah. I changed, I literally did a, a complete turnaround. But dude. my question is this. Why do, you think, why do you think you're so adamant to push somebody to do the same thing? Because I just feel like it... it for me, I can connect with them. I can connect with young people who are lost. I can connect with young people who may be indulging in um, negative types of behaviors yeah. and running with crowds that's not really gonna, that's not really looking out for their best interests. I mean, I relate to that, dude. Yeah. Like I'm talking about some of the people I was hanging around went off to serve five to ten years in prison. Yeah, some people I was hanging around with seriously. Yeah, um, that I called friends at the time. Yeah. So I can relate to that, man. I can relate to that peer pressure. So that's what I, so, so basically, the <laughs> reason I ask that is because it's like, you know what it did for you. Oh, yeah. You know how it changed your perspective that now I got to be, bro, I'm in college, bro. I could be the co- kid in college that goes for a year and drops out. I've seen that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think it's important to, everybody is an example. Learn from their bad mistakes. You yeah. don't have to go through the same mistakes that people go through. Like one of my coaches always told me, he said, Bro, please learn from my bad mistakes. You do not have to go through the same steps and the same process as me. Do not get a girl pregnant at a young age. It's going to make things more difficult. It's inevitable. If you're 18 years old and you have a child, it's going to be more difficult than if you're 26 with a secure job with a house and you have a child. Don't sell marijuana on your college campus. You will get caught. You will get in legal trouble. It's going to be bad. You see what I'm saying? Don't do it. Like, learn from my mistake. Like, example. Don't do it. But that's that's the vulnerability. That's the honesty where it's like, bro, trust me, bro. It's not. It sounds like a good idea. It might, on paper, it might look like, oh, bro, I can. No, bro. No, bro. You're better off doing what? Putting your focus and your energy on being, okay, how can I get a bunch of people to create something? How can I? I got a really good idea. Let's say. Let's say I start a cleaning business in college or say I do a laundry business where I pick up people's laundry and I charge them $10 a load and I know where to do a free laundry and I know where to get soap in bulk. You see what I'm saying? Like that's what my uncle did. They had a they had a, a 13 person house and they started a whole laundry business, bro, while in college. 
And then what? What they do? Sell, sold it at the end. And now what? Oh, now we got real capital. Now we got real money because when we were in college, we were bored chilling around. We're like, bro, drinking and smoking is cool, but bro, imagine how much money we can make if we just did people's laundry, bro. There's people don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it, it just came with one thought, one thought, and then I said, "Hey, bro, you ever thought about doing? That? Hey, bro, did you think about? Hey, bro, did you ever think about? It's it's not a great. The idea isn't extravagant, but what did they do? They put their minds together. They put their, bro." And, and But that's the key about moving from the environment that you're in that's currently not pushing you in the direction that you want to go, that's not conducive to your end goal, right? Mm. You have to remove yourself from that environment and put yourself in a new environment. When I left St. Paul and I went to Winona, I was in a completely new environment. I knew a few people that was up in the Twin Cities that went to WSU, but not a lot. Mostly yeah. everyone I met were completely new friends, yeah. classmates, teachers, educators, everything. It was new to me. New restaurants. Yeah. Um, far worse than here, but uh, <laughs> just new experience, man. And when I went back to St. Paul, it was like there was a lot of people who didn't accept who I became. Yeah. They you don't know? like change. Change is not... Change you, makes that person... It gives you a choice. Yeah, because I no longer fit into that uh, that perception, the idea that they had of me prior to me leaving, right? So when yeah. I got back, I experienced that, man. I had old friends that I was trying to stay connected with and trying to encourage, and it just they they it was just shut out completely when I would talk to them. Yeah, because it's like, well, who is this new guy? You know, this ain't the Elijah that I knew. This ain't the E that yeah. we knew. Yeah, right. This is someone completely different. Yeah, and that. That took a toll on me for a while because I lost a lot of good close friends that you be- thought were your friends that I thought was my friends. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I don't even want to say I changed. I don't like to use those types of words because I didn't change. I evolved exactly. into someone who I was supposed to be. Yeah. And I think every single person, right, especially our ADOS people, mm-hmm. they need to understand that because you want to do better in life, that's not you changing. That's you evolving into who you truly are, of who you want to become, who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And don't look at it as a change. Look at it as an evolution. Yeah. So <laughs> so this is another way to look at it. Change is inevitable. That's the only thing that is guaranteed in life. Today will not be the same as tomorrow. I promise you it will not. Nope. The sun will not come up at the same time as it did today as it will tomorrow. The same temperature will not be today as it will tomorrow. So change is the only thing that you are promised. So who's to say change is Yesterday bad? we had no rain. Today we got rain. And we're going to possibly get some snow tonight. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like if you fight change, bro, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. I don't want to Bro, then you don't want to do anything because change is going to happen no matter what you do. Your hair is going to grow out no matter what you do. You can't stop things from happening. So why not just accept and be open to change and all these things? So this is this is this, 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 it's a six six step thing that I say. Let go. Number one, let go. That's the first thing you have to do. Then you got to let God, but you can't let God until you let go. And then you got to allow and accept. And then you got to be you. And then be true. Mm. That's simple. Like, is that not a simple? Like, you gotta let go. Say it one more time for our audience. So we gotta let go. Then we gotta let God. Then you gotta allow and accept. Then you gotta be you and then be true. Mm. I love that. I love that. And bro, this came, this is nothing like it's simple, bro. Like, why do we need a 15 step? This is 15 steps to be successful. Bro, let go. Whatever you thought you were yesterday, let go of it. Guess what? God can show you what you can be today. Mm. What you got to do now? Okay, now after you did that, okay, now I got to allow what's coming and accept what's coming. 
oh, okay, cool. So then I can be me and I can be true to me. Mm. But until I let go, number one, of who I was yesterday or who I thought I was or who people told me who I was, I cannot move into being true and being myself because all these steps go in order. I have to let go, number one. Yesterday is done, but I can take everything that I learned from yesterday, right? I can learn and I can take, oh, I know that so-and-so did this yesterday and I know that this is happening over here. I know this happened over here. But today is new. Today when I woke up, oh, guess what? Bro, I can do whatever I want. But you got to believe that you can do whatever you want because you got to let go of yesterday. Mm. If I hold on to yesterday and bring it to today every single day, I'm just reliving the past. And what happens when you relive the, relive the past? You know what I'm saying? The same situation. I think that, that that's a great takeaway. And hopefully you all can implement those six steps into your lives um, to start letting go, to start allowing yourself to heal, to start letting God take control of your life, step into who you are, your purpose, and remain true to who you are in your purpose, in yourself. Yeah. I, th- I think that's amazing. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a good way to to uh, segue into our uh current updates and then we can conclude so speaking of letting go donald trump just let go 20 folks to a pardon uh yesterday and amongst some of those people were folks who were part of the russia probe with the Mueller investigation and he just let them go although they lied to the fbi and the special investigators about issues that were taking place with the russia probe Look, this, this is what I'm going to say. If you play the game, you got to play the game. You know so, what I'm saying? So, so, so you think that those individuals were strategic and that they were smart to align themselves with the president and remain loyal Look, to the president? This is, this is the way I know that life works. I would say so. I mean, they exactly. got a pardon. Exactly. So this is what I know. If I know that you know that, if I know that you know a way into that room over there and I don't know how to get in that room, why would I try to be over here and get my get in that room by myself? But I know that you know how to get in that room and you got the access. Use me. Why would I not? So why don't people use our resources that we have? This is an example. This, this is a great example, right? Why are we not teaming up with the people with like-minded ideas or be like, bro, if I know that I do some, if I do something for him, he's going to do something for me. Like, but it's not, I'm not even looking for no reward, but it's just like. So, so you're not criticizing the president's loyalty or the individual's loyalty to the president. You're saying that it's a part of human nature and that they were smart to align themselves with such a powerful individual. Look, if you can avoid something, are you going to avoid it? That's how I look yeah. at it. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to criticize what somebody should or shouldn't do because I'm not in that situation. Yeah. And until I'm in that situation and I know the possible outcomes, okay, I can go spend 20 years in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> or I can go, uh, you know what I mean, play the game and do what I got to do. Who is to say which is right or wrong? Which one would you rather do? Like, I just know I'm free at the end of the day. <laughs> hey, look, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I'm not saying sell nobody out. I'm not saying right. we'll do that. But I'm saying life is a game. Mm. If you try to play it safe and try not to hurt nobody's feelings, you're going to get hurt. And, you know, and, and I try not to react out of things out of emotion. So I was talking about this with my grandparents and stuff. And they were like mad, like, oh, my God, you know, this is, yeah. this is so wrong. And this should be illegal. And, you know, this and this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's shady. Yeah. Um, it's definitely it, it should be illegal. I mean, you know, yeah. these people committed crimes against the United States of America and the president yeah. pardoned them. But anyway, this neither here nor there. 
I was thinking back to something my father told me. And, and you know, I, I do, I recite things my dad tells me all the time because truly he is like one of the greatest influencers in my life. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, the only, the only people that complain about the game are those who don't know the rules and how to play it. So you can't get mad at George Papadopoulos for playing the game and knowing the rules to the game. I, I can't get mad at him for that, for aligning himself with the president, being loyal to the president, and knowing that eventually the president is going to come through on his promises and he's going to give him a pardon, which he did. Yeah. He received that pardon you know, yesterday. So it's like he knew the rules of the game. Yeah. And, I, and I, can, I relate this example or that, that saying that my dad um, told me to everything, right? For ADOS folks, we spend so much of our time complaining about the game, the system. Yep. And we don't spend enough time learning the rules of the system, learning the rules of the game, the rules of capitalism, and figuring out how we can become a player in it. Yeah. So, and I think that's what makes me different. And I get a lot of criticism for that, um, and, and I accept it. But that's my mentality. It's like I'm not going to complain about the game. I'm going to spend my exists. time and energy because I know the game exists, and I know I'm going to eventually be a player in it, regardless yeah. whether I want to or not. Yeah. What type of player do I want to be? Do I want to be someone who can influence the game, who knows how to navigate through the game, that knows how to uh, um, uh, uh, type in the cheat codes to the game? Yeah. What type of player do you want to be? Or do you want to be someone that just gets stepped on? Do you want to sit on the stands and be like, dang, it looks fun out there to play the game, but I'm not trying to get hurt and I'm not trying to... Knowing that you're getting used regardless. Because even if you are on the sidelines in the game, you're still in the game. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's in the game. That's why... For me, it's like, okay, we got to understand this too. This is where my like spiritual knowledge and my spiritual adaptability comes in. We got man-made laws and we got universal laws. Universal laws is something like gravity. If I drop something, what's going to happen? It's going to fall. I can say, oh, it's illegal if I drop something right here. Okay, well, either way, universal is going to pull the item down. Mm -hmm. So what else are universal laws that we have literally got disconnected from? Like example, we're part of nature. You know what I mean? We are part of nature. We have forgot that we are part of nature. If we forget we're part of nature, we're going to become disconnected from ourselves. I know when I eat a fast food burger and I eat a healthy salad, I feel a lot better, more energized when I eat that that salad versus me eating that burger. You see what I'm saying? I know that much because you, you're 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 saying, "Oh wow, I'm this is Earth. This is this is literally nutrients from the ground. I'm part of the ground." So if I eat more things that are according to what I am and what I'm really made of, I'm probably going to go forward. But if, if, if I don't realize, like, look, we got real food and we got GMO food. If I don't think GMO food is bad, what do you think is going to happen to my body, my brain, and my overall energy, body, whatever, in the long run? It might not hurt you today. It might not hurt you tomorrow. It's it going to slowly hurt. deteriorate. And that's life. So it's like, when are we going to start prioritizing ourselves as important components of the game? You are the only game you have. You are the only player that you have right now that you know of. You don't know if you'll ever get another chance to play this game with this body and this mind and this soul and this, all this. You have no idea. So you might as well go out there, play the game, fail, pick yourself up, fail, pick yourself up, fail, pick yourself up, fail, pick yourself up, fail, and then maybe you're going to fucking figure something out. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people forget, like bro, you gotta play the game. The only I saw something, you gotta fail seven times, and the eight times you probably go figure it out. If you fail, if you fail at something ten times, I guarantee you're either gonna learn something from every time you fail, or you're gonna actually make it. But why do we fail once and we quit? Mm. Why do we? Why do we? Why do we throw ourselves out there? 
oh, bro, there's a lot to pick myself out there. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't You still, so what are you going to do? You're just going to quit? You're just going to give up? Like, and that's where I think we have to ingrain and understand we got to have a fearless mentality. Like, fear is in our mind. Fear is a fake thing. It's an illusion. Fear is literally an illusion. False evidence appearing real. That's what fear stands for. False evidence appearing real. It's not real. It's real right here because we. It's false. We think it's real. Once we remove it, think about think about. Your, you know, what I mean? before you started your program, right? Before you started writing all the things out, did it seem real? In my mind, it did. It well, okay, exactly. Because why? You didn't have fear. Right. No, I didn't. No. So, and I, and I got a lot of uh, negative feedback from family and friends that it wasn't going to work. But why? You didn't have fear. Even if somebody told you. I still move forward. And right. I listen to the criticism. No, I, and, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, respect, I respect you and I love you and I, I appreciate still you. still move forward. But that's just my personality though, right? And also. You're fearless though. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I, you cannot tell me I can't do something. That's going to make you That's gonna make you go harder. It's going to make me want to do it even more if yeah. you tell me I can't do it because I'm going to figure out how oh, to okay. do it. Oh, okay. I can't. You, <laughs> oh, I can't. I, I what? No, you can't. Don't tell me. I, this is what I say. Like. Your perception is your reality. Don't tell me what your perception of my reality is because you don't know my reality. You, know you don't know what I'm capable of. Exactly. No one knows but me. Exactly. And God. And if I tap into myself and I really go inside and I really start to put all my gifts on the table and be like, bro, what do I feel like doing today? That's what that creator's mindset, though, is like you, you focused on yourself. You put energy in yourself. So now the flow is where, where do I want to put it? What do I want to create? What'd today? you call it over the flower tree? Flower tree? tree? Uh uh vocabulary flower tree. That's what's going on right now. We flowing vocabulary. We flowing with words. We creating a song with word. We're creating a whole energy with just words. You see what I'm saying? Like the energy in this room, I know is was raised up. Like I had to have. There's no way it didn't. You know what I mean? What are we speaking? What kind of energy are we behind the words that we're speaking? Positivity, empowerment, upliftment. Yeah, we're we're being real, we're being honest, we're being vulnerable. We're laying out we're laying out the problems, but we're also rising up the solutions. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's easy to talk about problems all day. We can write down problems, we can say this needs to be fixed, this needs to be fixed. This. Bro, I don't care about problems no more. I need what are we doing for the solutions? Speaking of problems and solutions, so both chambers have agreed on a deal, a new coronavirus stimulus package that they wrapped into the omnibus bill mm-hmm. um, that they got cranked out before the Christmas time. Um, I'm sure they want to be back with their families. However, Donald Trump is still pushing back on it, saying that he wants them to increase the stimulus checks from 600 to $2,000 or $4,000, and he wants them to get rid of some of the, what he's calling, unnecessary spending that's inside the omnibus bill mm-hmm. um so to my knowledge it hasn't been signed into law yet so if you think that those checks are on their way they're not um both chambers did agree so the house and the senate did agree on a stimulus package yeah but the president has yet to sign it yet um yeah. to my knowledge so we're still going to have some problems in the communities um, mm-hmm. i do know that they resumed the unemployment because i have a few young people who are having some issues accessing the unemployment checks that they're relying on because they're in the hospitality sector mm-hmm. and um, restaurants and uh, restaurant industry, and they're out of work right now. So they're yeah. literally relying on those checks to make ends meet. 
And for a period of time, I believe those checks were delayed or halted completely mm-hmm. for the unemployment. So we did resume that. And then there's additional funds coming down from the state of Minnesota um, that should be reaching the hands of um, small business owners, different corporations, nonprofit organizations, and individuals as well to take advantage of. So, you know, we're, we're trying the best that we can to yeah. continue to support our people throughout this difficult time they're in right now with COVID-19. Um, but it's hard when we have a president that's still adamant about being disruptive um, with the Senate and the House and working with our current legislators to really provide relief to the American people. So I'm not sure what his angle is with trying to increase it from 600 to 2,000. I just think it's just completely unrealistic. I just say let's get the 600 in people's hands right now. Yeah. And then um, let's continue to put additional money towards unemployment. But let's figure out a strategic way to get people back to work soon. Yeah. So I know the vaccines are in phase one of being deployed right now yeah. to different cities and counties throughout the state. And people are starting to take the vaccine. Yeah. There has been a few hiccups with the vaccine. People have passed out from it. There are some some side effects. I don't know how serious yet. I'm still trying to do my research. Yeah. But the vaccine is in the community now. Yeah. Um, it's not available for everyone. I think right now frontline workers are getting it. Health care workers and then next i think it's going to be police officers emts firefighters all that stuff Mm -hmm. and then i think from there it's going to be elderly populations and then everyone else after that so So. i think our age group would probably be in that phase four phase five of let me just say this let me just say this i will not be getting vaccinated you're you're not going to get the vaccine i don't care where how what i got to do i will not get vaccinated okay that is stamped and i will do whatever i have to do to not get vaccinated well, is, well, maybe we'll have you come back on the ADOS podcast and we can elaborate on your reasons sure. why you're not going to get vaccinated. For I'm sure. very skeptical of the vaccine as well. I'm one of those type of people. I got to see a bunch of other people take it first. <laughs> and I got to wait at least a couple months to see what those <laughs> the immediate, coming right, the yeah. immediate uh, side effects are going to be. Because I'm not going to take no vaccine and now I'm passing out every two hours. I, I ain't going to go down that pathway with the government. I ain't got time to be playing with my health. Yeah. Because I, I look at this. All I have is my health, right? Yep. And how did I come on this earth? How did I come on this earth without vaccines? Mm-hmm. But then they vaccinated me. So in between me being born and me living, why was it required that every person gets vaccinated? Why is it not okay for me to individually say, I do not want to be vaccinated? If you got vaccinated and I didn't get vaccinated and I get some virus or something, would you not be protected? And then also, though, the, the vaccination still doesn't protect you from the virus. It just prevents you. It, it prevents the potential that you can die from getting the virus. Right. Well, I think there's a lot of misconception around what a vaccine is and how yeah. it differs from a cure. Yeah. A cure is something if you get it, we cured you from it. It's it's completely gone. You're, it's it's. It's, uh, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah. We've gotten rid of it. Mm-hmm. A vaccination is we're going to expose your body to this virus, right? To this, whatever the strain is, mm-hmm. and your body's going to start to develop antibodies. So once you do get the vaccine, your body's already seen it before. It's not seen as foreign. You've already yeah. been introduced to it. Your body knows how to fight fight it, mm-hmm. right? So then you're not going to die from it, or it decreases the likelihood that you would die from it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the flu vaccine. People get flu vaccines, but you still get the flu. You just don't die from it, and it doesn't last as long. You might get the yeah. flu. It might last for two or three days where you're you know, coughing, sneezing, maybe yeah. got a mild fever, and then two or three days later, you're up running marathons again. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It, it may take you out for two or three days, and then you're good. Yeah. That's what a vaccine does. Yeah. And it also decreases your chance of, of, of getting it and you know, um, having prolonged symptoms. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cure you from it. it. It doesn't, you know, shield you from ever getting it again. Yeah. So. And this, this is where my <laughs> approach is different from most people, because it's like, OK. 
I know I take care of myself. That's why I was talking about sovereignty earlier, right? Supreme power. I know I have power over my immunity. I know how to make myself heal myself. I've figured out ways to hack my body, which we all have the ability to do. You know what I mean? I don't know if anybody's seen it or they saw it on Twitter or whatever, talking about um, black people have superpowers as of December 21st, 2020. You know what I mean? This is this is the this is the this is really the, I'm not on Twitter. So oh, okay, yeah, okay. Well, this is well. People say you, okay, we can because the, the the way that Saturn is in conjunction with um, Saturn and what planet is it? Saturn and Jupiter, I think it's in conjunction, right? It's the closest it's ever been in 800 years. You know what I mean? Cool. So the ability to hack our bodies starts with what breath. Once you once you tap into breath, there's there's something called breath beyond breath which is literally going within yourself and opening possibilities. This is something I talk about often on my Instagram, on all my social media, because I know and I've experienced the ability to heal and the ability to fix things by going within the breath. All we are is breath. First thing you do when you come on earth is, (gasps) and the last thing you're going to do when you leave is what? That's why they smack the baby's uh, uh, bottom (gasps) to get him to, you know, to cry, but to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, if that's all, if that's what we do all times of day, sleeping, eating, talking, you got to breathe. What's going to happen when you have decreased oxygen levels? You breathe in your sleep. Exactly. So what's going to happen when you decrease? The moment you stop breathing, you should be concerned and the people around you should be concerned. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's like, if I hack into the breath, what's going to happen? I'm now opening possibilities. My brain is going to, your brain has to expand when I, why do you think they say take a deep breath? It's going to reduce the stress. It's going to slow the processes in your body down. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things at the breath that we don't know. And I know you had a lot of um, breathing exercises and some meditation um, tips and techniques yeah. that you're providing for our program. Yeah. Um, where, where can people find you? Or where, where, um, are you where are you at? Um, so right now, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Zay is Chosen, Z-A-Y-I-S-C-H-O-Z-E-N. Um, you can also follow my podcast, Ifspiration, I-F-spiration, S-P-I-R-A-T-I-O-N. And there's, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a breathing program. Um, I'm in the process of bringing it to a gym um, to get people breath beyond, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people can really tap in. We're wearing masks all day. When in our life have we ever been accustomed to wearing masks? Never. Not even during the Black Plague, nobody's wearing masks. Nobody was, you know what I mean. So now our oxygen levels are decreased. So our flow, our stress is going to increase because we have less oxygen. We're not pr- actively practicing breath work. So you're going to be more stressed out. You're going to be more anxious. You're gonna, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. When I wear a mask, and I, I prefer not to wear a mask ever. But when I do wear a mask, I can instantly feel my body's like anxious. Cause it's decreased the oxygen. I'm, I'm a breather. Like I call myself a breatharian. I mean, I could breatharian. I could not eat all day and breathe, and I would be fine. I will have probably more energy. You know what I mean? Because I know how to tap into the breath. Because I know the importance of it. I know the science. I know things like fire breathing, which is a technique where you go, <laughs> and you literally are creating so much energy and chi in your inner stomach that your body has to like hold that energy. Cause I'm not, I'm not taking a deep breath where I'm like, no, it's called fire breathing. Cause it's literally like heating up the, all this, all this stuff right here. 
You know what I mean? Make sure you're sitting down and make sure you're in a relaxed position. Like, but I was watching a video the other day. They said there's water breathing, which is t- taking a deep a four second inhale and a four second exhale through your nose. So. You can do that any time of the day. Anytime you're stressed out, like the same way you take a drink of water, you can do that with your breath. They call that the water breath. Any time of the day, it's great. You're tired, you're sleepy, you need more energy, you, you like you need a sip of water. Mm-hmm. That's a water breath, right? Okay, then there's something called the whiskey, the whiskey breath, which is when you're trying to go to sleep. You know what I mean? People trying to take a take a couple of shots of whiskey instead of take some pills or whatever to go to sleep, right? Well, guess what? There's a hack for that. And that's four second inhale through the nose, eight second exhale through the through the nose. So you're going to inhale in four seconds. It's going to slow everything down. Like you're literally going to fall asleep after like 10 breaths. I promise. You're going to be like, oh, shit. Like out, right? And then there's something called uh, coffee breath. Tumo breath. <laughs> you're going to get energized. I instantly, like, I'm like, bro, like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> You know what I mean? Those are hacks. These are literally just hacks. I give you three hacks that you can mm. use at any point. Your breath is always going to be with you. You don't need nothing. You don't. You're breathing all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like that's why I say breath beyond breath. I just hacked my body, added energy to myself. I can put myself to sleep, and or I can just give myself. Oh, okay. Like now I want to feel better. That's literally what just breath just did. Breath is never going to leave you, and if breath leaves you, you're dead. Yeah. Wow. What a breath of knowledge. You heard me. Um, Thank you for that, Isaiah. Um, please follow him on his social media accounts, on his Instagram. Tune into his podcast, IFspiration, and um, just connect with him if you want to know different yeah. meditation and breathing techniques. Um, thank you for all the resources you've provided me with. Uh, I really enjoyed going through those breathing exercises in session a few weeks ago, and I still have been using some of those techniques as well to reduce my stress levels because you all know I have a lot. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the ADOS podcast. Thank you for those who have been sharing our messages, commenting, liking us, and telling your friends about our uh, our podcast and what we're trying to do here. We really do want to build a collective for ADOS creators, um, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, academics, professionals to have a platform to share their messaging with our community and to really start to build a collective voice for St. Paul and Minneapolis. And hopefully, you know, we're able to reach broader than that. Uh, But, you know, we love you all. We appreciate you all. Thank you, Isaiah, for taking the time to come on our podcast today. Um, And I think we had a great conversation on a variety of different topics. You're going to learn something from this conversation. If you don't, then I guess you're not listening close enough. (laughs) Right, exactly. Please remember to follow us on Instagram at the ADOS podcast. We're on YouTube at the ADOS podcast. We really would like for you to subscribe and to start sharing our messaging there. And then give us a like on Facebook and let us know how we've been doing. And if there's a special guest that you you know want us to bring on, or if you want to be a guest on the show, or if there's a specific topic you would like for me to research and to discuss on the podcast, please message us on any of those platforms and we will figure out a way to implement those ideas into our show. Um, I think Isaiah has some departing words that he wants to say before we yeah. sign off. I just want to say thank you guys again. So I just want everybody to who doesn't know or might not know or might think this man, Elijah, is here to change your life, bro. Like he's here to literally give you the tools to change your life. But you got to change it for yourself. 
this program, you know what I mean, was one thing. One thing that changed my whole mindset, my whole, every every way I think, every way I do things is now different. From a 16-week program that gave me tools that I am now applying. Cool. Okay? That's one thing. This man, Elijah, will provide you with his network, with people that he knows to help you be successful. But what has to happen? You have to want to be successful. You have to want it for yourself to go out there. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you don't know who Elijah is, please try to figure out who this man is. Please try to tap in with him. He is a very busy man for a reason. He is about this stuff. Like, he wants things to happen. He is pushing the narrative forward because he knows it can be. He sees opportunities, and he's like, bro, what an opportunity. George Floyd, what an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, all these things that are happening in our own community. This is where I grew up. These are the streets I grew up on. This is messed up. What an opportunity. Let me give back to the people that were like me, who didn't know, who were confused, who were scared, who were whatever the situation was. Let me give back to those people. I'm giving back to my, my younger self. If you were 15 years old right now, you're giving to, your, to, to who you were 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. 15 years old. You know what I mean? So it's like the tools are here. We got to stop saying that there's no tools. We got to stop saying that. Bro, but there's no, there's no, then create it. The same way that Adidas didn't exist how many years ago, guess what? Somebody created that. The same way that these bracelets didn't exist, somebody made them. The same way these microphones didn't exist, somebody made them. What do you have in your mind and what do you want to put into creation? Tap in with him, tap in with the ADOS, tap in. Like it's, it's up to you. How bad do you want it? Everything in life is about the game. It's a game already. Are you going to play it or are you going to stand on the side? Either way, you're in the game. You might as well play it. And guess what? Elijah's a great coach, player, <laughs> teammate, all of these things that will help you in whatever you're trying to get to. You know what I mean? But you got to know what it requires. It requires persistence. It requires effort. It requires mindset. It requires um, putting yourself out there. It requires fearlessness. It requires all these things. But they're all available. There is no no. If you believe the no then it's real. If you don't believe no is real, then it's, you eventually going to find it. You're going to find that door that's exactly for you, exactly one to go to. And Elijah probably got a better idea where to put you towards that door. He might not have the door, but he can probably lead you towards the door that might help you best. So I appreciate you, like, for real, like, man, Thanks, bro. Thanks, brother. I, I, I appreciate those Yeah, words, bro. Man. That's real, bro. Like, people need to know, bro, like, stop limiting yourself. Simple. Just stop limiting yourself. And the last word I wanted to part, or the last couple words I wanted to part with is, how bad do you want it? That's a question that I have written on the board in my office. It's a question I wake up and I ask myself often. It's a question that I ask myself before I go to sleep. It's something that's always on my mind is, how bad do you want it? If you don't want it bad enough, then you're not going to get it. But if you really, really want it and you're willing to sacrifice for it, you're willing to put in the time and the effort for it, you will accomplish it. You will get it. How bad do you guys want it? Peace.